Hello and welcome to The Bulletin with UBS on Monocle 24. Each week, the sharpest minds and freshest thinkers in finance take you beyond the numbers and hype, right to the heart of the big issues of the day. Today, we're checking in with one of this programme's regular chroniclers of our volatile economic times, Paul Donovan, Chief Economist in UBS Global Wealth Management. In the latest of an occasional series, Paul's joining us to talk us through some topics that he's been writing about and following at the end of the last year and the beginning of this one. Today's programme is exploring what profit-driven inflation might mean. Paul Donovan, great to have you with us on the programme. Always great to welcome you. In this case, it's to dig a little deeper into some of the topics you've been musing on, blogging about uh, and discussing with colleagues and clients alike. One of those, which is really interesting, is profit-driven inflation. I think people know well what this is all about, but tell us a bit about why you elected to, to, to put some thoughts to paper or onto screen for this one in particular. Well, so Tom, one of the things is that Normally, inflation is driven by labor costs because labor costs are the largest single component of inflation. Typically, typically it's about 70% of inflation. But that's not what's happening at the moment. Because when we look at, at real earnings or real wages around the, the world, in almost every developed country, real wage growth is absolutely catastrophically negative. And what that's telling you is that actually pay bargaining power seems to be pretty weak. Because obviously, as a, as a worker, your first objective in, in you know, bargaining over your pay is to at least maintain your standard of living. So if you've got negative real wages, your standard of living is falling. And that you know, raises some, some very interesting questions. So what negative real wages are telling us is that companies are raising prices faster than they're raising the wages for their employees and profit margins are expanding. And so this has created a very unusual inflation story. And it's one which presents perhaps a different set of challenges in terms of how that inflation may be managed. And it's also, I think, indicative of some differences in how companies are able to get away with these price increases as well. So it's a, it's a really unusual sort of inflation episode that we've got at the moment. Well, yeah, and I was going to ask you about this because one question I always find interesting is, you know, where does one look if we look at, say, recent or slightly further back in history to find examples where central banks and others had to try and manage similar problems? But if we look at, you know, I don't know, the the wage cost price spiral of the 70s, for example, which people have cited, it's kind of the reverse situation we have now. So how does one most effectively or more effectively look to manage inflation, which is happening against the backdrop you've described, Paul? Well, so what we've got is two factors which allow profit-driven inflation to take place. So the first is that demand has not collapsed. If you've got very weak demand, companies don't have pricing power. They won't be able to pass on price increases. We don't have that. Demand is being held up because consumers are using their savings or borrowing on credit card to sort of top up the negative bottom, and that's kept demand fairly constant. So demand is an important part of this. But then the second factor is companies need to be able to convince their customers that it's not their fault they're raising prices. So you need to have a story you can tell. And so companies are saying, well, you know, the pandemic caused a lot of disruption. We've had problems with the supply chains. We've got to raise prices. You've read all about it. You know this is happening. Or the war in Ukraine, terrible thing. It's pushed up the price of wheat by 20%. So we're going to have to raise the price of bread by 16%. 
and people believe the story they're being told and they don't sort of rebel against the price increases. Economists would say that the price elasticity of demand has temporarily fallen. People have become less responsive to price increases. But a lot of this is just a story. I mean, you know, the situation with regards to supply chains has not been particularly problematic for many companies. It's just an excuse to raise prices. Things like you know, the rising price of wheat leads to a higher cost of bread. Wheat is not important to the price of bread. It's about 10% of the price of bread comes from wheat. Labor costs are the big important factor in, in the price of bread that we all buy. Labor costs are very subdued. So by diverting attention, by telling this story, companies have been able to get compliant consumers who accept the price increases. So now what has to happen is central banks have got to tackle one of these two stories, or of course, both stories at the same time. So they can either try and weaken demand, and that will weaken price and power and squeeze profit margins. And they could do that by tightening credit conditions, by increasing a fear of unemployment or by increasing unemployment itself. Alternatively, if consumers stop accepting the story that they're being told, if they believe that companies are exploiting them and expanding profit margins when they don't have to, then consumers may start to rebel. And that would also then lead to a squeeze in, in profit margins and a decline in inflation. So I think what we all end up with is actually a combination of the two. And we started to hear central bankers talking more and more about profit expansion as a driver of inflation. And we're obviously also seeing central bankers trying to subdue demand in order to bring about a more moderate pricing power environment overall. Yeah. And at the conclusion of the, the, the short blog that you posted, Paul, you mentioned that investors should focus their attention on on trends in consumer demand. Is, is that what you're, you're getting at, is that investors need to look at what the consumer behaviour is, how their demand shifts, what in response to these pressures? Exactly. So if we have a wage price spiral, then what you focus on is wages, obviously, because that's what's driving inflation. So you're looking then at you know, what's happening with unemployment, what's happening with wage growth and, and is this going to be increasing cost bases for companies. But if we're talking about a profit-led growth story, then what you want to see is, look, is demand slowing down? And if demand slows down, you, do we then get a very sudden change in prices? And we've already seen this, of course, because over the course of the last 12 to 15 months, demand for durable goods, so that's you know, electronics and cars and you know, washing machines and things like that, Demand for durable goods has slowed down significantly, and the inflation rate for durable goods has collapsed. In fact, it is the fastest drop in inflation for durable goods that I can find in history. I mean, this is a really, really sudden reaction, and that was not because you know, the wages in the durable good industry came down. It was because demand weakened, and as soon as demand weakened, the pricing power collapsed. So. What we've seen in the, the sort of the subsection of the economy that is marked by durable goods is something I think we have to look for in the wider section of the economy overall. And Paul, just finally on this, what, what happens if in terms of, you know, estimates and anticipation of the potential deflationary moves into 23, particularly if we look at the US, but maybe that's something that we expect more, more widely. What if we're wrong? If you and your colleagues maybe are a little bit out, is there a, is there a big problem that can uh, follow from a, a small a small miscalculation in terms of the way that inflation changes over the next 12 months? 
So there is the potential for, for some uh, problems. I mean, one of the issues that we have, particularly with the United States, consumer price inflation number, less so with other countries, but particularly with US CPI, is so much of the prices are sort of either completely made up, owner's equivalent length, the, the, the largest component of consumer price inflation is a completely fictitious price, or they are very manipulated and they're, you know, they're relying on small samples. So a lot of the medical price inflation or education prices are very difficult. And so if your assumptions about these things are wrong, then it can make quite a big difference to where the overall inflation story is going. And that, that is a, a potential problem. With the overall direction of the market-driven prices, there I think there is less room for, for significant error. You might get you know, small changes uh, in some prices that could tweak the overall index. So something like used car prices, for example, which is not a particularly important element of inflation, but where the price swings are very, very volatile and very, very large. You know, There, if you get a drop of prices of 30% rather than 20%, for example, and that's what we're talking about. I mean, big changes in price, you would end up with a bigger deflation impulse to the overall index. But that's really more about a problem in a very specific market rather than a problem in the economy at large. Paul Donovan, huge thanks, as always, for sharing your insights with us here on the programme. Do listen back to the archive for more from Paul on some of the crunch topics and big questions including his take on the supply-demand imbalance. But that's all for this edition of the show. Listen again and explore more at monocle.com. That's where you can also join the club by subscribing to the magazine. You can also follow this programme wherever you get your podcasts. And you can discover more and find out how UBS can help you at ubs.com. This is The Bulletin with UBS on Monocle 24. I'm Tom Edwards. Thanks for listening.